Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. I need to study the Word of God, yes or no? Okay, let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. I, uh, I cannot wait to share this word with you. We're in this part two series of four-letter words. And um, last week we dealt with the word wait. Remember that? We dealt with the word wait. Not a fun word, but we're, we're taking these words that we don't like and redeeming them. Actually, God redeems these words. And today's word is the word pain, the word pain. And you say, whoa, whoa, how in the world can, can we redeem that word? How in the world is that word a good word for us to you? And if you think that, just listen up, everybody, because I got some things that teach her that are going to be so very encouraging. I want you to, to start in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. It says, consider it pure joy. Not just joy, but he goes out of his way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face pain, consider it joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So if I were to say to you, hey, everybody, every time that you're in pain, just be joyful. And all of us would say, that's really tough to do. Like, if I were to just say, hey, consider it joy. I mean, nobody goes through a painful time. Nobody gets a bad diagnosis and says, woo, a bad diagnosis. Nobody does that. So let's put this in context. Consider it pure joy when you face pain, when you face trials. Let, let me say this before we go any further. And if you're, of course, we can't hand out sermon notes today. Uh, we're going to put them on, on the website uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, something like that, so you'll have access to them, but you might want to take notes on your phone or something like that. If you want to write on the back of a, of a tithing envelope, that's fine. Just use whatever, whatever you can. I want to say this, that God is, God is not the producer of pain, but he never wastes it. It's never a waste to God. He's not the producer of pain, but he doesn't waste it. He'll, he'll use it for your benefit and for the benefit of others. Now, I, I know uh, a lot of you, if you've read the Bible and uh, uh, if you studied the Word of God, especially as you read through the Old Testament, there were certainly things that God did, for instance, to the Israelites. That over and over and over again, they're experiencing pain and then God delivers them. Then they experience pain, and then God delivers them. And it's just, it's just this kind of rotation. In fact, I'm, I'm reading through my Bible this year from, from just Genesis to Revelation, going nonstop through it. And uh, right now, I'm in, in the book of Job. I'm actually a little ahead of where I'm supposed to be. And um, I, I've been reading Nehemiah. I've been reading Ezra. And, and at, the, at the end of... of um, then the, 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 the exiles coming back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the, the temple and, and all of those things, they, they start making these comments and they start remembering, hey, remember when Israel did this and then God did that and, until they learned their lesson. Then they repented and, and God blessed them, but then they messed up again. 
and then God got their attention, and then they repented, and then God blessed them. But then Israel messed up again. And by the way, they did this over and over and over and over again. So, so they were in pain, they repented, they were blessed. Then they were stupid, they were back in pain, they repented and were blessed. And, and, uh, and it kind of lists that. It, it, well, if you read through the Old Testament, it's just that over and over and over again. And I want to teach you before we go any further that there is a difference between pain and discipline. That God disciplines those he loves. And discipline is not pleasant, the Bible says. Like the, the discipline feels, feels painful at the time. But remember, God never wastes pain. So if it's, so let me say it like this. There are some types of pain that we bring on ourselves. And I would call that, oftentimes, that's God's discipline. That he allows things to happen because he's getting our attention. He's calling us to repentance. He's refining us. He's doing something in us. And it, it's just the discipline of God. And, and so, are, are, have you experienced pain? The answer is yes, we all have. Are you currently experiencing pain? Well, you're going to be encouraged today. And, and the truth of the matter is, no matter who you are in this room, you have, or maybe you are, but you will experience pain in the future. Like, pain is just a part of life. But, but, but God doesn't produce pain in us. He's not the producer of pain. John 10, 10 makes that very clear. Jesus comes to, he came to give us, Jesus said, life and life in abundance. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil comes to cause pain. So God is not the producer of pain, but he does discipline us. So you just need to know that right off the bat. Everybody see that, right? And so there, there's a difference between God's refinement and the devil's attack. Let me say that again. There's a difference between God's refinement in your life, his discipline in your life, and an attack from the devil. They're just different. And, and you'll, you'll hopefully know by the Spirit of God or maybe by talking to me or one of the other pastors or, or a, a mature believer, which, if you're saying, well, which one am I in? We'll talk to somebody and we'll help, we'll help uh, steer you, help teach you where you're at and why, why you got there, how you got there. So God is not the producer of pain, but he never wasted. 2 Corinthians 4.17 is great proof of this. It says, for our light and momentary troubles, like the pain that we're in right now, it's achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So yes, there's going to be pain. It's going to happen. But it's achieving for us something. God never wastes it. It's, it's achieving something for us and in us. And remember, whatever pain that you're in right now or whatever pain you're going to be in in the future, it is temporary. It is not eternal. And, and so some people would say, yeah, but what about that person that received the diagnosis that they only have six months or a year to live? That's permanent. No, it's not. It's temporary. Because if they know the Lord Jesus Christ and they pass away, trust me, that pain is only temporary. And they will receive a reward for the, the life of faith they lived in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be no suffering, no pain, no death in heaven. Amen? You see what I'm saying? 
pain is always temporary. So we focus not on what's seen, not on what's felt, but what is unseen because the eternal is what really, really matters. Now, I'm going to break this down to you. I've been saving this for quite a while. I heard these, these, these uh, six stages, actually, yeah, six stages. I divided them a little bit differently because I think it presents a little bit better. But Chris Hodges talk, talks about these six stages of pain. And I'm going to break it down a little bit differently, that the first three stages of pain, they apply to everyone. But the last three stages of pain applies to the Christ follower, okay? So the first three stages of pain, this is going to make sense to you as I start laying this down. This applies to everybody. The first level of pain is this. It's shock. So write that down if you're taking notes. It's shock. And it's the person who says, what just happened what just happened like when, when I was in when I was in Israel and my wife and I got the phone call about my dad that he was about to pass away and and as much as we knew he was sick that trust me everybody that phone call was a surprise we thought he had he, we thought he had a much longer time to live and I was in shock and my thought was what 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 it's that thought, what just happened? What phone call did I get, just get? What, what just occurred? How did that, it's like when, when you're in an accident. At first, you're just kind of waking up to it. If you've ever been in a car accident, what, what was that, right? Like, what just, what just happened? Have you ever gotten rear-ended and you didn't see it was coming? You're like, whoa, whoa, what just, what just happened? And when you're in shock, you're actually, you, you become, there's a disorientation involved. You become disoriented. When you're in shock, that is the worst time to make a decision. You'll never make a good decision when you're in shock. So some bad news comes your way. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. Maybe it's relational. Hey, when you're in shock, you don't make a decision when you're in shock. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why, let, well, let me say it this way. You never trust yourself when you're in shock, Okay. And the Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Watch this. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So when you fall down, you're disoriented, disoriented and, and you need somebody there to pick you up and to remind you, no, now's not the time for decision. You can't believe the number of times that people have come into my office with really, really bad news. Something has happened to them relationally. Something happened to them in their marriage. Something happened with a child. They come in and they're in shock and they say, I'm going to, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I, I stop and say, no, 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 no. Nope, you're in shock. Don't, don't you dare make a decision right now. Because bad decisions are made when you're in shock. You're disoriented. And you need somebody to pick you up and to dust you off and just to love on you for a little while and embrace you and say, hey, listen, it's okay. Don't do anything yet. Let's just get past this shock. And then we'll talk. Everybody see? Okay, so the second stage, and it leads us to the second one, which is sorrow. The first one is, what just happened? The second person says, I'm just broken inside. I'm just hurting. I'm in, I'm in pain. They're grieving over something. I'm just broken inside. Isaiah 53.3 says this, 
This is about Jesus. It was a messianic prophecy. It was a prophecy about Jesus. And it says, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering. Now watch this, everybody. And familiar with pain. He was familiar with it. Let me say it this way. It's what qualifies Jesus to be your best friend. Remember, I've told you, and I stole it from Jensen Franklin, I believe, your, your worst day is always better with Jesus. Jesus is familiar with pain. He knew what suffering was all about. And if you go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm in pain. I'm, so, I'm filled with sorrow. I have grief inside of me. I, I've, just, I've been shocked. I just endured something huge. And you're suffering through sorrow. Jesus went through it too. And he knows. He knows what you're going through. He was familiar with pain. And that qualifies him as one of the best listeners you could ever have. If you just go to Jesus first. Now, not everybody goes to Jesus. But Christ followers should. The third thing. It's the shock, it's the sorrow, and then it's the struggle. The third thing is the struggle. Then it's the person that says, what am I supposed to do now? What, what just happened? I'm broken inside. Now what do I do? And most people who are not Christ followers, they just kind of stop right there. They, they don't know where else to go. They don't know where else to turn. They just stop right there and they just start living day to day. They, they just start living to get through the day, to get through the pain, to get through the sorrow. They, they start making some level of decisions, but they don't know if they're wise or not wise. They're just still, they're still suffering. They're struggling with what they're going through, and most people just stop. But that's not where Christ followers stop. Because there are three more steps that we need to take as Christ followers that most people never take. Yet these three steps are the steps that produce healing in our lives. Okay, so the fourth one. So we've, we've been in shock. We've been filled with sorrow. We've been struggling with it. Now we surrender. Now we surrender. And it's when you get to this point where at first, the first three, it's all about me. Did you notice that? It's what just happened, like what just happened to me, and I'm broken inside, and what am I supposed to do right now? But when you get to level four as a Christ follower, and you surrender, you're actually taking the, you're taking the focus off of you, and you're putting it on the Lord. And this is what you say, Lord, I submit to you in everything. I submit to you in everything. Lord, I'm surrendering to you. I don't know what to do. I've been really struggling with this. And today I just surrender. Today I just surrender. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, a lot of people know this verse or these verses. And it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. But the NIV reads that a little bit differently. And I like the way the NIV reads it because I think it's a better translation. Instead of saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him, a better way of saying that in today's language is, in all of your ways, submit to him. In all of your ways, surrender to him. And what will he do? He will direct your path. Like that's a promise in the word of God. He'll direct your path. So we 
surrender him. It, it, in all of your ways, you, we acknowledge him. Like, Father, I acknowledge you in this moment. What am I supposed to do? That's surrender. Father, I acknowledge you in this pain. What am I supposed to do? That's surrender. Father, I, I acknowledge you with these emotions that are messed up, with these decisions that I have to make, with what I'm hearing from all of, of these other people. I acknowledge you in the middle of this, and I submit. I, I, I want to know what to do right now. And you surrender your heart to the Lord. Most people obviously never get to this step if they don't know Jesus. They're just stuck in the struggle and they're missing out on the hope and the help that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Don't miss out on his help. So, so have you been in pain? There's some people in this room right now. There were some people in the first service that just pretty much wept the entire service. Several actually. They just wept. During the whole thing, and they because it's they're just in pain right now, and I want to tell you if you're in pain today, if, even if you're listening online, if you're in pain, the first step for you today is surrender. Father, I acknowledge you in this situation, and I need you. Help me today. I surrender to you. I submit myself to you. And when you do that, he makes your path straight. The next one, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, a big word for a lot of you here in this room and listening online. The word is sanctification. And, and I'm going to explain this to you because a lot of times people just don't understand what sanctification is. The first one was surrender. Lord, I submit to you in everything. This one is, Lord, it's bad, but you make things beautiful. Lord, I, I know it's bad but I trust you to make this beautiful. And how is he going to make it beautiful? It, it, he, he's going to sanctify you. He's going to, he's going to help you to become the person that you need to become in him. Let me show you this in scripture. It's gonna be easier if I show you in, in, in Romans chapter five, verses three through four. It says, we can rejoice too that when we run into problems and trials, when we run into pain, we know that it helps us, the Bible says, develop endurance. We know that when we run into pain, that it actually helps develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Like when we run into pain, if we handle it the way that we are meant to handle it, by being Christ followers, by, by surrendering our lives to our Heavenly Father, when we live that life of surrender and we submit to Him in everything, there's going to be a sanctification effect. There, there's going to be there, there's going to be some things that God does in you that might well, let me say, not, not, not that might, that need to be done in you. He's going to do some things in you that need to be done. Because why? Because God never wastes pain. He never wastes it. And so if you're, if you're in it, one of the things that you can say to him is, Father, I am a wreck. I am a wreck. But I submit to you today, and I know that you have the ability to make something beautiful out of this. 
And Lord, if you need to do a work in me, then do that work. You know, I, I, have, I have went through pain in my life multiple times, hated it every single time, but I always came out better than I was before. Let me say this way. Not everybody does, though. Some people enter pain and they come out worse because they don't allow the Spirit of the Lord into their life, into their situation. They don't allow God to help, so they enter the pain, but they come out worse. I haven't done that. By the grace of God, I haven't done that. And only by his grace. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't Justin's thing. It was God's thing working in me. That when I entered in times of pain, I came out better. That God did something in me that needed to be done. And now I'm able to minister more effectively. I'm able to encourage more effectively. I'm able, I'm able to speak life into others more effectively because I've walked where they've walked. I've seen what they've seen. I've experienced their pain too. And I know how to minister to them like never before. Let me say it this way. So, so this past week, I, I, I don't know if all of you know this or not, but Daryl Holy Cross, who has been a member here at New Song for 15 years, went to be with Jesus this past week. And I ministered to the family. And I saw the children. And, and I saw family members. And I was able to tell them, no, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there. I just lost my dad in December. I know what you're going through. See, I, I know what that pain is like, therefore I'm able to help you on your worst day too. I'm, I'm able to walk through this with you because God did this work in me and now I, get, now I get to be a testimony of God's goodness even through the pain. There have been other things in my life. There have been disciplines that I have received by God, like a spiritual spanking. How many have ever gotten a spiritual spanking? Like God just whacked you on the bottom, right? I'm sorry, all of you millennials. You were put in a corner. Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. It was just a joke. Relax, everybody. How many got spanked when they were growing up? Let's see this. Okay, we're all there. We're all there. So, so God gives you a spiritual spanking, and those aren't fun. But if you handle it the right way, you'll come out of it a better, godlier Christ follower. You'll resemble Jesus more on the other side of it if you allow him to sanctify you by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Everybody see that? So, so it's, 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 Lord, I submit to you in everything. And Father, I'm a wreck, but Lord, I, I believe that you can make this beautiful. I believe that you really do give us joy for mourning and beauty for ashes. And he will, he will. And then the, 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 this is the big one, the last one. The word is service. So as Christians, we surrender, we're sanctified, and then we live lives of service. And, and this, is, this is where we go from, Lord, I submit to you, to Lord, do this work in me, and then we end up with, Lord, use my pain to promote your name. Use my pain to promote your name. Like even in my pain, I want your kingdom to be expanded. I want your name to be glorified. 
I want to use this for, the, for your glory and to help your children. I want, I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. Let, let me prove this to you in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Starting in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. He comforts us so that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we received. Let, let me say it this way. Joyce, Joyce Meyer says it this way, that God has that unique ability to turn your mess into a ministry, your test into a testimony. You've heard that before. That, that we pray that prayer, God, use, use that pain to promote your name. And so then we see something going, we see someone going through what we've gone through in the past and what God has brought us out of. And all of a sudden we, we go to them and love them, encourage them, and we can put our arm around them and say, hey, I've been there. I've gone through that. First of all, you're going to make it. T today, it, it feels tough, but you're going to get through this. I promise you that. I can't tell you the number of times a month where I, I tell people, you're going to make it. You're going to go through this. You're, you're not going to stop right here. No, it's going to be better on the other side. God's got this. I say that to people all the time. Can I tell you, everybody, that's why we need the church. That's why, that's why we need to be together as a body of believers. That's why you need to be plugged into a small group, everybody, because people in your small group are going to have a rough day. And God will place you around people that will experience the pain that you've experienced so that you can comfort them the way that you've been comforted. That you can strengthen them the way that, that you've been strengthened. I, I want to say like this, everybody. A small group is good for you. A small group is good for you to be a part of because it's not only a blessing to you, but it's your opportunity to bless somebody else. I don't know if you figured this out or not, but life isn't all about you right? Two-year-olds think that the world revolves around them. Have you ever noticed that about a two-year-old? They just think that the world revolves around them. I used to think, like, this is true. I mean, when I was three, four years old, five years old, I used to think as I was going to bed, like, everybody went to bed at the same time around the world. And it was beyond me that, like, well, nobody could be, nobody could be awake right now because everybody sleeps at the same time. Why did I think that as a little child? I remember thinking that thought because I thought the world revolved around me. Like, I just had those thoughts. And then, and then you mature and you realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. That, that there are times where people are going to minister to you and there are times that you're called to minister to somebody else. That yes, you will receive the goodness that other people have to offer, but you'll also give to those in need. And did you know that that's God's design? That's why we need family. We need a church family. You need to belong to a group of people who love Jesus and are living for your benefit because there are days that they're going to minister right to you and there are others days, other days that you're going to minister to them. You see how that works, everybody? That we use the pain to promote his name. So, so I'm going to finish with this right here. 
that when something painful is happening in your life, I want you to remember this rule. And it's, it's, it's the, the rule of two and in. Two, T-O, and N-I-N. The rule of two and in. And it goes like this. When something painful is happening to me, then God wants to work something in me. That when something painful is happening to me, I have to remember that God wants to work something in me. That he wants to work something in me. So by God's grace, this torment becomes transformation. By God's grace, this pain becomes a promotion of Jesus Christ. That when something is happening to me, God is wanting to work something in me. Let me say, let, let me say it uh, this way, everybody. I'm going to read this portion of scripture to you found in Philippians in, in just a moment. And I want you to realize, first of all, that happiness, happiness occurs to you. But joy is worked in you. Happiness happens to you, but joy is found in you. If you're a Christ follower, that's the way it's meant to be. Let, let me say it this way. You get a new car. And you're happy. Hey, check out my new car. I'm so happy. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. That's something that happens to you. But on your worst day, is that car going to make a difference? No. See, that car did not bring you joy. It only brought you happiness. Because happiness happens to us, but joy is found in us by the work of Jesus Christ and his precious Holy Spirit. How many know what I'm talking about? You see what I'm saying? That, that on our bad days, we can still be joyful, not because of what's happening to us, because of what God is doing in us. In us. And Paul is a great example of that as he writes to the church at Philippi. Now he's writing to this church, and I'm going to read this verse of scripture to you. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So he's writing to this church of Philippi, and he's like, he's like, every time I think of you, oh, God, I'm so grateful for that church in Philippi. Oh, Father, they're just putting so much joy in me. I'm so joyful for them. And you think, what's the big deal about that? The big deal about that is where Paul is writing from. He's not only in prison, but he is in a Roman dungeon. And he's chained, he's literally chained to a guard. And not only that, he's not eating so well. They're not, they're not feeding him steak and baked potatoes. And on top of that, he's getting beat, beaten daily. They are, they are beating him daily as, it's not over yet, as he awaits execution for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about this. In a dungeon, chained to a guard, being beaten every day, knowing that he's about to die. He's awaiting execution. And he writes this letter to the church at Philippi. And he says, oh, I thank God for you. Oh, oh. I always pray, I always pray with joy. What? 
Because if it were me, let me be honest with you, if it were me, it would be, Lord, I don't care about the church at Philippi. Help! This hurts. I'm in pain. I don't want to die. I don't want to be executed. Come on, everybody, be honest. But not Paul. Paul's not all. I always pray with joy. You know what that is, everybody? Paul is a man who went from shock to sorrow to struggle to surrender to sanctification all the way to service. And he's sitting in a prison cell saying, it's not about me. It's about all of you experiencing the grace of God in Christ Jesus. It's not about me. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm so filled with joy. Come on, everybody. Kind of causes you to get your eyes off of yourself, right? And to realize you're not the center of the world. That God wants to use the pain that you're in, have been in, or will be in to promote his name as you serve him wholeheartedly. So when something painful is happening to you, God wants to work something in you. And by grace, by God's grace, he turns our torment into transformation. Not only transforming our lives, but transforming the lives of others. Let me ask you a question today. Are you in pain? Are you in pain? God knows he loves you. He loves you so very, very much. And he's working something in you and for you right now. You're his child. He loves you. And he's working something in you and something for you right now. That's the promises of God. That he brings things to completion. Those things that he starts in us, he completes in us. God's here. God's present right now. And our job, as we focus on three things here at New Song, revelation, the word of God, teaching the word of God, inspiration, we want, we want you to know that the word of God makes a difference. And then application. And today you've, you've received all three. But the application part of it is this. Have you really surrendered to God in your pain? Have you really surrendered to God in your pain? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify you through and through? And are you ready or willing to take your pain to promote his name? To take that comfort that you've been comforted with and comfort somebody else. That you get your eyes off of yourself and you put them on somebody else in need and say, you know what? I might be having a bad day, but I'm going to help somebody else. I just thank God for them. I joyfully pray for them because you realize that your mess can be a ministry. Would you just close your eyes with me this morning and let me ask you a question. Are you in pain today? And if you're in pain with nobody looking around, if you're in pain, you're just suffering, there's some trials, just trouble. 
and you're ready for some relief, I'm going to pray a special prayer over you today that the Spirit of the Lord put in my heart this morning. But I want you just to take a small step of faith and just raise your hand and say, Pastor Justin, it's me. I'm just in pain. Just keep it up for a few moments here. Let me see who you are. Yeah, a lot of people. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for being honest. I want us to pray. And I'm going to say some things that are a little bit different than what I would normally pray, but they're all from the Word of God. And it's going to be wonderful in your life. I pray. Heavenly Father, there are some people in this room as much as I want to embrace them today and just hug them and let them know it's going to be okay. Today's not that day that I can do that. But Father, you can. And Lord, I pray that every single person who's in pain today would feel your embrace Lord, give them a big squeeze in your loving arms and whisper into their ear, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. Whisper that to them, Lord. Now listen to his voice, church. Listen to his voice as he whispers to you words of love. New song, Be Healed Today. Be healed in your emotions, in your thoughts, your heart and your innermost parts be healed and receive that healing right now according to the word and the will of the Lord receive your healing we surrender Lord we surrender Work in us. Move in us. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people. Now let's just be still for a few more moments. Nobody moving around. Just be still. And let's open up our hands toward heaven. Let's just bless him for a moment. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for healing me. 
Thank you for removing the pain. Thank you for clarifying my thoughts. For changing me by your grace, by your spirit. I love you. I love you, I love you, Lord. I love you. I worship you. I worship you. In the pain, I worship you. On my worst day, I worship you. And I honor you. And I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. He is here. Do his song. What a beautiful presence of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same attitude with hands lifted up, could we just stand up and bless the Lord with hands raised this morning? I worship you, O oh God. I honor you. In my pain, promote your name. And I run to you today. You are very present help in times of trouble. And that's why I bless you. That's why I worship you. That's why I magnify you. Because you're always there. You always help. You always strengthen. You always deliver. <laughs> and I worship you and I bless you. I bless you with all of my heart. I worship you with all that's within me. I bless you. May the name of the Lord be praised now and forevermore. May your great name be praised now and forevermore. Come on, new song. Let's just bless him for a moment. We got time. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. As you are worthy, Lord. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be adored. Worthy to be honored. You are worthy. There's nobody else like you. Nobody else like our God. No one heals like you heal. <laughs> Nobody loves us the way that you love us. Nobody's concerned about us to the level of your concern. Nobody cares for us the way that you care. And we run to you. The source of our help and the source of our strength, we run to you. Be glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. 
Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.